Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, welcome everybody to my new football club. Uh, lovely to have you along. My name is David O. And this, I thought I'm doing like that. Cool guest today. What's cool that? Cool guest. Cool guest today. I thought you said cool guest tall today. one. No, no, not tall. He might be tall. I don't know. Don't know him personally. Yeah, today's guest is Tom Rosenthal, actor, comedian. Tom was in Friday Night Dinner, Plebs. Uh, amongst other stuff, you, you're a big fan of uh, Tom, John. Yeah, yeah, love his stuff. Love his stuff. I think he's one of the funniest actors around. As I've seen him in a lot. Well, not a lot of things, but a couple of things. One of my favourite shows is Friday Night Dinner. Me and me and my dad watched that, um, which he's he's great in. And obviously, I saw him in Horrible Histories when I was a little bit younger. Oh, I've just started reading Horrible Histories to my boys. They've got books now, have they? So when I was younger, it was just the uh, the little TV program with the little rat that popped up and went. Did you know? Back in 17-whatever, someone got beheaded. In Friday Night Dinner, doesn't the dad always walk around without a top on? Yeah. yeah does, does your yeah. dad do that? No, but I do that. Well, we know that. Um, <laughs> and, and to be fair, part of, it is because of, part of it is because of that. So I am really similar to the dad in Friday Night Dinner. What is it about your top half that you think so bloody good and everyone should see it? I don't know. I just, just obviously just a great-looking guy. Um... No, I don't know. I just I'm I'm one that can't really I can't really regulate my body temperature that well. So I like I feel like having. <laughs> you go always go your top off. No, I don't have to. It's just easier to have it off because I always this is it's a favourite saying of mine. One of those. This is great. Oh, here we go. You can you can always add layers. Can't take them off. Have you ever taken your top off at football? No, that's that's too far. That's way too far. Surely, oh, like, God. at the start of the season, end of the season, sweltering. Take your top off. No. See, I don't think I could do it in front of big in big groups. But with people that you're comfortable with, you know, we know how comfortable I am with my housemates, but, uh, you know... I'd... Too comfortable, if anything. No such thing, in my eyes. Um, no, I don't take my top off at the football. I think it'd have to be a really extreme... Scenario like if we got promoted, if we got promoted to the championship, I'd take my top off. I think no matter what the weather was, I'll take it off. I'll hold you to that. Yeah, all right. If we hold, get promoted to the championship, if you take your top off, right. and I'll add an extra layer. 
Well, that seems unfair, but sure. Uh, I'll stick my coat on. You take your top off. Okay, because if well, okay, because if we go up, there'll almost certainly be a pitch invasion. So I'll be the one with my Fuck, top will off. Will there? Yeah. How would I deal with a pitch invasion? You were th- you were there for a pitch yeah, invasion. Yeah, but I'd only be when we got promoted in the. I wasn't part of it. I was just like, oh, everyone's having fun, but I'm not really part of you. Would I? There's no way I'd do a pitch invasion. No, I can't see you doing it. I. It, 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 to be fair, it goes against a lot of what I stand for. But you know, in that moment where it ha- nothing has happened, nothing has gone for you for ten years, nothing has gone your way. But you look like a party pooper. Yeah, you do, and you know what? You also you, it, like. I hate this. You know the people that you know the first people that pitch invade. They're all athletic young people that like fling themselves over the barrier, beat the security guard, and dash through. I feel like if you're just walking on. Like after the stewards are letting you on, it's a bit like. Oh, no, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, you've not. It's got to be like a sense of like losing control. Yeah, you can't just. I see people like hobbling on with like I don't know, walking sticks and stuff. And you're like, well, <laughs> you haven't seen that, have you? Yeah, but like, oh my god, not not maybe not walking sticks, but like elderly people that are just like hobbling <laughs> on and like. Who is that? I love the idea of a bloke. <laughs> Just like, oh, I'll get, I'll get there in my own time. And by the time he's got on, everyone's got off. And no, no one actually wants to be on the pitch anymore. Did your dad run on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you can't blame anyone. I mean, my dad has seen some really, really crap. You think I've seen some crap times, Exeter You should see what he's seen. Um, so ten, after 10 years in League 2, I think you can justify anyone invading the pitch. Flipping! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> That is unbelievable. Bloody hell. I'm here. What was it expecting? <laughs> I, want, I want that. <laughs> little weird. It's very easy to achieve. Just go into your preferences. <laughs> Download your chosen image. <laughs> you seem to float into the shop. <laughs> um, For those of you listening, Tom's uh, pretending to set, sit at uh, the... Is it? I was going to call it Highbury. Fucking hell. Yes, well, now it's... Uh, it is referred to as the Emirates Stadium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Ashburton Grove. Ashburton Grove was mooted for a while, but then the uh, the, the petrodollar was too... The, the, the lure of the uh, Arab money was too much, so we had to... Uh... It's a great airline. It's a fantastic airline. As as is Rwanda as a country to potentially visit. I don't know if you want in Yeah. Get yourself there. Cool. Get yourself there. That is mental. That is absolutely mental. <laughs> Fucking hell. Look at that stadium behind you. It looks super duper. <laughs> yeah, I think if I put our stadium in behind me, it'd be a bit underwhelming, wouldn't it, in comparison <laughs> God, to that? Dear, can you imagine? <laughs> Try and do it, John. Let's have oh, a stadium okay. on. Are we going to talk about the kit that he's wearing? Because please, that is, please, please. That kit is mental. What is going on there? Well, I mean, what, what do you mean what's going on? It's... Uh... It's a generation-defining design. <laughs> so, uh, my, my girlfriend described it as high fashion, genuinely. She actually likes me wearing it. And uh, is, is that this, this season's away kit? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's been somewhat polarising, but the people who don't like it are wrong. Um, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what my opinions are on it, actually. This bit. Well, you've got time. Form some. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think what's annoying me the most is that the lines don't sort of add up. Like Ooh, the lines are going... they don't add up. Yeah, like they don't match each other. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Picasso? Yeah, like 
Yeah. Sorry, Salvador Dali. Your lines are a bit wonky, mate. Yeah. John, let's see your shirt. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> Bang. There you go. Just really predictable lines. Lovely lines adding up. <laughs> hey, this is this is a very important kit in the history of Exeter. Why? This is the kit. We're the only kit we've ever won in, at Wembley in two thousand and. Eight, nine? Oh, God, someone's going to crucify me for that. I was... I honestly think I might have been at that game. It was Exeter City versus... Who did we beat? Cambridge? Oh, Cambridge. Uh, in the semi-finals, did you get past Oxford United by chance? I, yes, yes, on penalties, I went, yeah. I went, I went to the Exeter City leg... Of that was the season before, so we got to the playoffs two seasons back-to-back. So we, the Oxford season, we lost at Wembley, and then we beat Torquay... And then beat Cambridge in the second season. This is a lovely little connection. Yeah. So how how come you're at that game? The thing is, and I'm, I I do I am worried um, about this podcast to some extent because I have been Same to here. so many football Same games. Same buddy. But I <laughs> I've been to so many football games, but I remember very little about any of them. To be honest. Ah, well, we've tweaked this episode, Tom. So we're not actually going to ask you about your experience of going to games. We've got we got a little quiz lined up. Oh, that's way better. We started <laughs> we started last week with Lloyd Griffith, and yeah. he's at the top of the leaderboard with fifteen uh, out of sixteen. Oh, <laughs> but, but presumably he's getting quizzed about Grimsby, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not asking me Grimsby questions. Um, no, no, they're all Arsenal. Okay, fabulous. Okay, I'm, am I just going to give up on the? I don't need these. Yeah, okay, yeah, let them go. Yeah, so. suck them off. Yeah. Anyway, I was at that game because my dad's an Oxford United fan. Uh, and we were hoping that they got promoted, and they didn't. But I remember it being like a really beautiful summer's day in Exeter, very nice place, and Exeter being deserved winners on the day. Um, oh, wow. That's essentially the amount of detail that I can recount for any game I've ever been to. Uh, the weather was nice. So I'm not sure how those legs play. I think we might have lost the first leg, then we managed to draw in the second leg, and it went to penalties on a horrible, like, cold Tuesday night. In, it was sort of looked looked very gloom and doom, but yeah, it was good for us. Have you got your dad on your phone? Me? Yeah, his number. <laughs> I mean, quite a tragic story if I don't, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got your dad, who is still alive, on your phone? <laughs> Just answer the fucking question, sir. Yeah, no, genuinely, because of, of the question you asked me, like, what was my first game? I've been, like, texting him furiously, I don't actually even know. But he, he, he has told me what my first ever game was. Um, but he's had to think about it himself because we both sort of have similar brains. So what do you want to ask my dad? My neighbour yeah. played right back for Oxford in the 80s. Yeah. So if you said, can you remember the right back for Oxford in the 80s? He played with... Um... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> God, this is really good information. This. He's got a lot to go off here. <laughs> well, to be fair, hang on a sec. I have been going back through old Oxford United. Who's the old England manager, umbrella dude? Steve McLaren. Steve, he played with Steve McLaren. Maybe yeah. Aldridge. It was around that time. Well, hang on a sec. I, I, I've been on um, a website called Rage Online, which is essentially a, a, all the history of uh, Oxford United fixtures. So I can kind of go back to when you think he was playing, like 88, like you think he was playing? Yeah. Let's have a little look. Uh, well, they played Leicester City away. No Gary in the team. Honestly, this is I could literally knock on his door and say Okay, right. Well let's see well let's see if dad's got the same knowledge of your neighbour as Between eighty eight and ninety four, Tom. I'll just clarify with my dad with my first game was ninety five, I think. So well let's have a little look though. Oh no, it was ninety three. It was ninety three. Oh. 
let's let's see if at the first football game I ever went to, your neighbour was playing. <laughs> this is mental. <laughs> um, it would be good, wouldn't it? It would be good. Do you do you have any sort of standard like filler on this show while I could uh, <laughs> search for? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. He played 175 times. If your dad doesn't know him... I'm, I'm sure he would. If you played that many times for United, there's absolutely no way he will not know. So we're going to go back... God, everyone's everyone's really leaning into My this. My first episode. game, which was in the season, 93 <laughs> season. When, Why don't we just get him on and we could just ask him to come across? Right, so 92-93 season. We're going to find Cambridge United. It was a 2-2. Yeah. Right? Oh. It was at Cambridge... And oh my gosh, I've got it here. I've got the team here. Who, oh god, who played did like that? Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> that's the best news ever. Um, that's made my day. Oh, I was playing. That's fantastic. So my first game of football, your neighbour was playing. I feel like quite emotional. United. The team, the full team: Paul Reesley, Mike Ford, Mickey Lewis, Kerry Evans, Andy Melville, Jim Magilton, Joey Beecham, Nick Cusack, John Durnin, and John Narbutt. Um. I've only heard of yeah I've only heard of three of those people but now I've heard of four of them because one of them is your neighbour that's very exciting do you know Daphne? Daphne who? <laughs> my other Daphne. my other oh, <laughs> okay, what season did she play and in which league? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take me about 20 minutes to find <laughs> That's Flippy great. Yell. Can we just end the podcast now? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Tom, welcome. Thank you. So, do you know what this is? Basically, I support Man United. Mm-hmm. Moved to Devon. Yep. Thought I really want to go and watch football a lot because I've never really done it. Went to Exeter, really invested my time. Now I'm really in. My question to you is, can you imagine doing that with Arsenal? Putting Arsenal to one side? I, 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 I can I can imagine doing it. I, 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 I have a sort of strange relationship with being a football fan. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much I love it. Actually, it's. Uh, um, well, your shirt, your shirts. Are just yeah, you love it a this lot. Is a, this is, it's, it's. I, I, um, I'm indoctrinated. You know, right. like I'm, a, I'm addicted essentially, uh, and I, I think that. You know, with like, you know, the the, the 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 women's game has like become this a massive thing, and I um like wish that I could like get really excited about that, and I should do as an Arsenal fan, and I, I watch the England women, and I get very excited, but I'm just like I cannot have more football in my life. Basically, that has doubled the amount of football that I really sort of should be supporting, right? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. I feel like with Arsenal in four competitions. Thankfully, this year, I, I am already giving so much of my emotional welfare to something I have no control over that if I manage to extricate myself from somehow being addicted to Arsenal, I would like to think that I'd be able to resist the lures of any other club. Um, but, you know, obviously what I'm, I'm saying all this in the context of basically being a football addict who slightly resents how much I think it is brilliant. So whenever I go to any foreign country, I will inevitably just go to a game. 
And I, that's you? sort of like fantasy I have in my head. You know, like you always talk to people who are like, oh, I'm going to leave London one day and they just sort of never do. I do think I have a fantasy of actually doing something else apart from being a football fan. <laughs> so if I could somehow relinquish my like obsession with Arsenal, <laughs> I'd like to think that I'd just start reading books or something. But what it will probably happen is I would go and support the local team. Uh, yeah. Because because I, I think as well, the sort of blessing that we kind of share as being, you know, fans of a big club, but also... You know, you know, my dad would take me to lower league games, and you, you, you get the best of both worlds, basically. Like when you go to like those, the, the, you know, Exeter, for instance, I'm sure you would get an actual sense of a community club, and you actually you get a sense that you might be able to interact with the players and the staff, and it actually does seem to be a representation of the place that you live. Whereas Arsenal is not like that. Like we, as much as we can do, like work in the community, we are essentially supporting a global brand that is trying to make people visit Rwanda and fly on Emirates. It's like it's a, it's just a different thing. And obviously what we produce on the pitch is like incredible. It's wonderful to witness how good people can be at football, but you kind of pay a bit of a, a price. Um, so the answer is uh, yes, absolutely. But I resent the fact that it's probably true that I would just don't dedicate my life to some other club because I think it's silly. I think football is silly. Tom, do you have a, do you have a season ticket at Arsenal? Yes, so you go, yes. you go every week or as much often as you can? Yes. And obviously the last game at the Emirates, I don't know whether you watched it. I mean, a lot of neutrals are saying it was like really boring, but it, for me, it was the best game at the Emirates. So I'm like, I'm at peak levels of addiction right now. Like I can't, <laughs> I, can't I, I can't stop thinking about that game. I've watched the goal we scored probably 20, 30 times from like five different angles. I've, I've probably watched about four different tactical breakdowns of the goal we scored. Like YouTube is 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 crack to 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 my crack addict personality. So there's always people more obsessed than me who are going to like give me video content to consume. Um, which I guess, Tom, Tom, oh, Tom. Let sorry. me take it up a level. This let is a really take... long answer to your question. <laughs> no, let me take the addiction up a level. I go. On, I play on Twitch. Yeah, and at the moment I'm oh, playing I remember, FIFA. I, I've en- I enjoyed a lot of your cricket output actually. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm playing. I'm playing football at the moment as. Um, uh, Bradford. That so, uh, part of my little community. A guy. He, he's created a channel. He's really good. He analyzes my football, my FIFA games, and he looks at the players. And it's called Under Your Bonnet. And he, he looks at the players and what they're capable of. And I watched it last night for two and a half hours, just on the plasma. And their their little computer. <laughs> And I couldn't get enough. Do you, are you learning anything from his from his breakdown? <laughs> it is at moment when you say things like that. I do. I am embarrassed to be like know you. <laughs> really, you wouldn't even go to that level, David. That's ridiculous. That's a game of fever. Yeah, you are. You're analyzed. You, you're in control. No, Osadabi. No, Osadabi's got a good engine under the bonnet. It's rid- it's I, I I have ridiculous. thought this quite a lot. Like if I was. If I was somehow in charge at Arsenal, the first thing I would do would be hire like 20 bods off Twitter and YouTube who make all of this content. Because I swear that these geeks, they're the, they're the people that should be running VAR, by the way, which is a separate debate. But like all of these like super bright 20, 25 year olds who just spend their life obsessed with stuff, like they actually definitely glean some information that like you're. The Paul Mersons of the world, like, can't quite. But but Arsenal will one hundred percent have like a team of like twenty. They have a whole yeah. yeah. They, obviously, they have a whole team, and obviously, quite a lot of teams do do deals with football manager and stuff. And I appreciate that they're sort of getting in towards that. But I think I would go the whole hog, and I'd have a whole department of just like like Russia. You know, I'd have like a like a bot farm. 
I've just all the, all the weirdos <laughs> on the internet. Uh, I, I swear there must be must be some competitive advantages. Listen, Tom, you like your football. Yeah, no, I just want to. I want to. <laughs> but this is this is I, this is what I mean. I have a very strange brain, and I'm glad that we're doing a different kind of podcast because I'm the kind of person that will obsess about this season, but like I can't tell you what year Arsenal won the league, stuff like that. Like, my brain is really odd. Like I know we won the double a couple of times, and I, you know, I, I, I know we didn't win the Champions League in two thousand three, but I just can't. I don't really remember stuff like that. You know, like some people. Well, you might not get on the leaderboard. Um, yeah, so it, well, we'll, we'll try. I'll do my best. Do you best. think that's why, though, Tom? Because you get so invested in one season that all the others become a blur. Yes, essentially, I think I think I'm a kind of pro- person that processes a lot in the immediate, and you, you, your brain only has so much bandwidth. But here's another question: Do you go to bed listening to Arsenal podcasts? Because um, I do. Well, <laughs> not Arsenal. I, I, it's not. I, no, I, but I, I don't sleep to podcasts because that's not really my vibe. But like, what I do, just but just before I go to bed. I, the last thing, when my brain stops working, I will consume tactical breakdowns. Not just of Arsenal, to be honest. I like to, I like to see how all the teams in the world are playing. It's so weird. All the teams in the well, world. Well, no, okay. So anyone <laughs> practically interesting, you know? Like I, 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 I'm kind of, I'm obsessed with football tactics, and it's at the top level. Do you know? Do you know about relationism? Have you come across this? It's very interesting. Do you know, like, Fluminese in Brazil and the new Brazilian head coach are basically ripping up the positional... You know, like, Pep Guardiola's got this, like, Wega de position thing, you know, where, like, all the players are supposed to be at certain areas of the pitch, which Arteta also does. And that's what gives the Premier League, like, a slightly more kind of basketball-y flavor, but basically, like, you're, you're covering areas of the pitch and the players are more metronomic so you know people had to go at City for being like robotic and they'd always score the same kind of goal because quite like it. yeah more like netball yeah yeah exactly whereas like in Brazil they tried to do it but they were like less good at European teams basically um and also because obviously international teams have have like less time together they, they can't really do it so successfully so this guy in Brazil has basically developed this tactic called relationism which is essentially all of the players your attacking players go to one side of the pitch and then they play like weird little like passes between each other they're just trying to make it into like a like a futsal match so instead of like spreading the ball wide essentially and trying to yeah, so if you watch their goals, it's mad. It's like it's like all the fun, all the midfielders will go to the right, and they'll do all this crazy Brazilian stuff, doing tricks, and then they'll get a shot on goal. And and the new Brazilian coach is doing that kind of football, and they're hoping it's going to get Brazil back to being one of the best in the world. Because obviously, when Brazil tries to play the more traditional style, they they rubbish, they get battered. Uh, in the World Cups. What, so they're sort of beating you in a smaller area of the pitch? Uh, well, exactly. So so the Brazilian players, obviously, technically the, the most brilliant in the world. And so what they're trying to do yeah. is develop a tactic whereby it essentially becomes like street football. So there's like five little people doing tricks, as opposed to Guardiola, which is all about stretching the pitch and having players in different areas and, and moving the ball. So it's going back to basically trying to be like a, dri- like a dribbler. So no. making this really making the picture small as if you, if, you go, if you go on YouTube and watch Fluminese's goals, like they've just scored goals that you just never see in the Premier League. It's really weird. Like six players go to one bit of the pitch and they'll just pass it around and they'll get a shot and you're like, well, that's not what I watch. That's not what. So it's about like making the picture small as possible to adhere to their best abilities. Completely, yeah, and it's all about like passing triangles and being able to beat your man with a trick, and it's it's more like circus football. It's really it's really cool. Um, and also, I've been obsessed with Tottenham. I, 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 oh my god, they play such like, good football. Obviously, obviously, the fact that like Ange Ball is so it is again just such a development and interesting. The fact what's that, he doing there? What's he doing that's different? So quick. Well, um, I mean, what is he doing? What is he doing? They just they 
they don't give the ball away, do they? They rarely ever give the ball away. So, so the the thing is, they've got they've got like Madison and essentially like a completely free role, which is sort of what Bellingham is doing for Real Madrid this year as well. So, like I, I, as far as I understand, they have quite a, um, intense, high like defensive pressing structure. Blah 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 blah. But the interesting thing is that when when like he's completely relying on. Um, Madison to like assess the game in game and go oh if I go to right back now that's going to create an overload or if I go and play left wing and that's why he just looks like the best player in the world when he plays them and Bellingham's the same Bellingham just looks like he's playing in a playground like both him and Madison are doing the same sort of thing um, in, in the North London and- derby it nearly cost you though didn't it because Madison nearly gave the ball away on, on in, inside his box and Gabriel oh no that was no sorry yeah he it nearly cost Tottenham because Gabriel Jesus yeah but he was still like pretty insane I think created one or two of the goals yeah. I mean I, I don't know but, um, but, I mean, but it's yes. risky isn't it there's a lot of emphasis on him being the main man well that's what they're saying yeah so hopefully he gets injured and they look like a normal football team again from, from, from an Arsenal yeah, perspective yeah. Um, but I just think it's really interesting that you know you always hear managers needing time and the fact that he's come in with a squad that isn't really his and then they're just suddenly amazing I basically have become obsessed with trying to work out what it is because yeah he did. He's doing the same thing that at Celtic. I can't actually quite recall what it was, but it's something to do with just having like rapid wingers and having very mobile attackers. And yeah, I. I, I but um, I don't really know what it is that he's doing because, as I said, I just watch a lot of Arsenal, so I feel like I can talk about Arsenal at great length. But I also just like to watch videos about anyone doing anything particularly tactically interesting. Uh, you said earlier, Tom, it's lovely. What? Well, I don't know exactly what you said. It's lovely watching them play football at that level. Mm. I'm. I'm supporting Exeter. They're playing a. They're playing lovely football this year. Yeah, lovely football. What's it like watching the level up, level or two up? Can you talk about how lovely and sexy? It is? Well, I mean, yes. For for me, I get I get super excited about. I mean, every single game you go to, there's always going to be something that takes your breath away. Uh, and I don't really think that's actually necessarily true at lower league level. I think that the, in the Premier League, especially, there uh, there is essentially freaks on every single team um, who will just do something that quite 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 regularly you have never seen before. Like the way Declan Rice can like tackle someone, um, and even when when like Kante first came into the league as, as well, and like. He just he just seems to be able to get the ball off an opposition without fouling them in a way that doesn't seem to be human, at least when you've grown up watching other people play. But like Declan Rice can sort of like sprint at the back of someone, wrap his leg around them and get the ball back without fouling them. It doesn't seem to make sense. And um, I, I, I feel like, yeah, that the uh, I don't know, that's the benefit for me of watching these big games the sort of slight drawback and generally i'd say quite a common drawback of watching a very big successful team is that you often watch them surrounded by people who think that they're shit and are constantly telling them that they're shit <laughs> and it's extremely frustrating it's, it's so funny you say that tom because i i live in manchester yeah. and have done for the last couple of years and when sterling was at man city he used to get a lot of abuse people would say oh you're crap you this that the other and i used to sit there obviously being a fan of exit city thinking oh my god you don't know the half of what a crap footballer looks like it's ridiculous this is it i mean and i get i think people sometimes can't get their head around sterling's a very interesting example because his like mobility or pace or whatever you'd say it and his ball carrying are like off the scale elite and his 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 um runs for england as well he would get so many chances because his movement is so insanely elite and then sometimes he'd mess them up 
and then people would be like, oh, he's crap. He messed the chance up. It's like most players aren't even getting that chance. Like Raheem Sterling is a freak for even being able to get there. And then you're annoyed he can't finish it. And I, 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 well, yeah, I mean, I suppose sometimes I do wish that I could sort of watch the games by myself when I'm in my more sort of on the spectrum moments. Um, but when Arsenal are winning, like that happens thankfully a lot less and we now have he's Arteta has just done an incredible job in galvanizing the fan base to, to be like I mean the fact that we're like back, backing you know Havertz to the extent that we are when he's had this sort of like slightly questionable start it, it's like it's a real like four years ago that just wasn't happening like it was quite poisonous you know we've we like what's he done then what's he done to change your I mean it's, it sounds sort of stupid but obviously he's made us win games um but I think if, if, if you know, the, the common fan uh, would say that he's made the players like play for the shirt and he's, he's basically galvanised a, a, a squad atmosphere whereby there's no individuals. You know, like I think like the, the general perception of Arsenal has just been like, and you know what the pundits have said for like 10 years is that we didn't have any leaders or whatever that is. But I think that occasionally we did have like players who were slightly playing for themselves. Um, and obviously the wage structure was like quite off. Basically, we, we'd have these like Aubameyang or Urzils just earning like twice as much as these young players, sometimes like four times as much as these young players who were clearly like doing more than them. So so the best thing he's done is essentially get rid of those people, get rid of the, you know, what he would call slight troublemaker people from the dressing room and just replace them with a young core. I mean, it, you, you've seen it over and over again. You just haven't really seen it at Arsenal for quite a long time. Um, and people have seriously bought into Arteta. Like, uh, that, apparently the way that Arteta talks about football, these players just, like, can't get enough. They say he's like a football genius and so they, they really want to, like, play for this guy who seems to understand them as players better than they understand themselves, you know? Um, and so he's got buy-in from young players. The wage structure is really good. But that's kind of what interests is what interesting is about uh, Havertz is that he is actually our top earner. He's come in, he gets more money than anyone else, and he's kind of looked a bit like he can't kick a football at times. Uh, and some of the fans are like, "What's going on? Did, did, you, did you know we did like a skills challenge in the um, yeah, in America? I saw that clip. Well, yeah, that? I saw the clip." Basically, we did this silly American thing where, like, it was like a headers and volleys challenge or whatever. And if you watch Havertz doing that, you honestly question whether he's ever played football before. It's, all, it's bad. Like he can't, he can't volley a ball. So all the players, all the it, Arsenal players, it, come on and they sort of they're all getting it into the bucket near enough every time or close to it. And his are going like nowhere near, like bouncing off the off his shin. He can't even control it. It's like it's really bizarre. Uh, it's really wacky. And there's been times in the matches where it has looked like he can't kick a ball. Um, which is obviously not great for a footballer who's the top earner at Arsenal. Uh, he, he's still like not playing bad. Like he contributes to the team in like lots of ways, and it looks like he's starting to get his confidence back. And obviously, if we get the player that was in Germany or whatever, as opposed to the one that was at Chelsea, he he was supposed to be like the next wonder kid. But it's just very interesting. So we're in this like precipice moment where Arteta's bet like, bet big on this guy who looks a little bit terrible. And back in the day. I do think Arsenal fans would have been like booing this guy. Um, like we booed Abue and we booed Xhaka. Um, but because of what Arteta's managed to do, and like we do just seem to be a club pulling in the same direction, they've, they, the fans have really backed him and the fans have essentially been incredible. Um, it, at, at a club where we have at times been a bit poisonous and entitled and, you know, thinking that these people aren't Henri and Bergkamp. And it's like, 
the most impressive thing Wait. for me about Arteta is like he seems to be a really innovative motivator. He finds different ways to. Like, I, I don't know how you must have seen the All or Nothing documentary, but those clips of him bringing like light bulbs in and like. Tom's all sort of like he brings, he starts bringing like fruits in, and <laughs> there was one clip that I saw, I saw on Twitter the other day, and it was brilliant, and I completely forgot about it. About uh, you must have seen it on the clip where he says, "If you let a player get into this space, I'll find you." I'll find you all like a certain amount of your, of your, uh, yeah, of your yeah, wages, yeah. and they're all sort of like, oh, "Okay, cool. This is like an interesting like way of like coming." Across. And he just sort of but seems to be I a bit get... like a breath of fresh air. I think that I mean, what I hear is that footballers just get you can get kind of bored with football, and you obviously you if you're a really good footballer, you think you think you're really good at it. But like I, I think it was Ben White was talking about how. Arteta gives you instructions, not just like on who to pass to where, but like what kind of pass and like, like the pace and the uh, angle of it and what foot to put it onto and like whether it should be short of the man or like beyond the man because every pass basically has an impact on how much the next player can have impact on the, on the ball movement. So, so whereas one manager would be like, you give it into him. Arteta will give them like six instructions on the pass, essentially. So it just makes it all way more interesting. And I think that that's kind of what galvanizes them. That the players, um, there is as much to learn there as they want to invest and want to learn. And and and, and when you also look at the, the track record that he's done with Sterling, he basically made Sterling to the player that he was. And he now has this like list of, of young wingers, especially, who he has basically created and has just made like two or three bits better. Like Saka and Martelli, there's an argument that that's the best wing pairing in world football. And he has sort of just made them. I mean, they did obviously look quite good, especially Saka. But the, the levels they're producing now is insane. And it's, it's just sort of down to his managing management, really. So, um, yes, that isn't really an answer to your question of did I see Arteta motivating um, with his variety of strange cartoons that he did. Uh, but he is good manager, in my opinion. Tom, <laughs> what's it? <clears throat> supporting Exeter, but I supported United for years. And I never, I never went. I only saw them two or three times. Supporting Exeter, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. But I'm thinking about the next level. We have got to get this championship, and I'm thinking about getting into the Prem. Yeah, because I want to see those those players right in front of me. That'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be lovely. <laughs> Who's the best player you've witnessed on the pitch in front of you? And why? What did they do? How did they take your breath away? What am I missing out on, please? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, how many How many guesses? Because I... I, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm quite self-conscious about this answer. But I, it, it, I've, I've seen uh, Messi uh, sort of score, score four goals against Arsenal in the new Camp. I saw that game. Um, which is sort of my go-to answer of like, you know, who's the best player you've seen play live? But I was thinking about this question and I also saw Ronaldo absolutely like decimate us in the Champions League semi-final at the Emirates. Oh, this is, lovely. Up, this is lovely. He, he set up a goal. Uh, and What's he doing? Two. What was he doing? Well, What's I mean, he, doing? He, so good. like, so I, I do think now I'm thinking about it, the Ronaldo performance was better than the Messi one. But Messi just scored four goals against like what looked was a kind of like a weakened defence in the in the new camp, and it's just cool to say I've seen Messi score four goals, right? But in this Champions League semi final, it was the classic United team. That, so it was like Park Ji Sung, Rooney. Oh my God! And and Ronaldo, first of all, 
I mean, he's doing this insane skills, making everyone look stupid. It was like... Practical. How tall is he? Let's go back to basics. Um, how tall is he? Is he big? Does he, <laughs> t- it, what does he look like on the pitch? No, is well, he a big that, old that, unit? That's 2009 Ronaldo, so he was yeah. like more wiry. You know, yeah. He still looked a bit spotty. He still looked like you could bully yeah. him on the school bus. Yeah. Uh, and he he just... His feet just moved so fast. It was freakish. And he was just making professional footballers look silly. He'd just glide past them. And he was also... You know, early Ronaldo... He would do too many stepovers. Do you remember that, Ronaldo? Lovely, I, mean, I like, love that. It's sort of like, that. what's going on? You're not doing anything. But obviously, he is doing stuff because he's making all the defenders like fall over. So it looks like yeah. he's half showing off, half not showing yeah. off, which is proven most by his first goal, um, which is a free kick from like 35 yards out. Like, it's stupid to shoot. And he just, like, completely leathers. I don't know what those free kicks are called when you sort of hit the valve, but it just Knuckleball. goes... And uh, it, it went, it, it beat Almunia at his near post. And it's like, Almunia maybe should have been saving it, but also it was such a rocket. And like, no one even expected him to shoot. Um, so he scored, he's, he's, he's made all the players look absolutely stupid with his crazy skills. He scored a free kick from like 35 yards. And then this is, this is the Champions League semi final, I think. And uh, the third goal was just an amazing Man United team counter attack where we're at home, we're trying to press for, you know, to get back into the match. And Ronaldo, what does he do? Is like he does some crazy trick, like um, gets the ball across to uh, Rooney, I think. And then Ronaldo has essentially he's got almost the whole pitch to run, and he he just outsprints all the defenders. And I think it's Rooney, Rooney or Parky Son squares it, and Ronaldo manages to get it into a empty net. And you're just like, this guy is not human. Like I remember watching that, and I, I sometimes Rashford has a really good game against Arsenal, and I'm always like, that looks a little bit like Ronaldo looked on that day. It's still like way short, but like sometimes Rashford, you know, the, the game that we played this season, the, the the whole United tactic was like get it to Rashford and hope he does something, and sometimes he looks like he actually might, like he, he he's got that ability to go past players and that sort of freakish burst of pace. I know I know but, Harlan doesn't have the ability to go past players, but he's got freakish pace, isn't he, for for a big lad? He's seen. Well, the, the, the thing is, mate, is I only really watch Arsenal games and Saliba has got Haaland in yeah. his pocket. So I, he looks quite bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play FBL. I, I, I don't really watch anyone apart from Arsenal. So he just looks like a bit of a lump. Yeah, no, but he for someone who is massive, I don't know if you, some of the numbers he's putting up sprint-wise is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I, obviously I've, yeah, I've seen his highlights and I mean, it's not, it's not as like graceful to watch as someone like Ronaldo. Um, but yeah, he's obviously absolutely rapid and absolute machine. Um, but yes, I, I, I mean, that's, that is the thing. And also just because of the sort of importance of the game, the fact that he's doing it at the Emirates, I mean, the guy just, yeah, I mean, that's why he's one, you know, the best in the world slash one of the best in the world. He just was like so far above. Um, and he was just playing like he was in a playground, you know, in these very high stakes terms. So, yes, it's either Messi or Ronaldo, but I will go wow. with Ronaldo. It's lovely. So I'm never going to see it. I'm never um, going to see it. You could pop to into Miami, you know, or nah. the Middle East. Go down. <laughs> Can't be bothered. <laughs> now, Tom, you're a successful comedian, actor. Thank you. You've got your connections in the business. Yeah. Do you mean have you been invited around the Emirates to have a look at their changing rooms? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah. I, to be I honest, I, haven't, I, little... I, I don't. I don't. Wouldn't really. Want to? I've played on the pitch as like a charity thing. Have you? I've been cool. to like. You wouldn't want to go in the dressing rooms. Have a little nose. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. 
I suppose. Yeah, no, you're right. I guess I would have one. I think I might. The thing is, I yeah, I did play the charity thing, so I might have been in the dressing room, but I can't remember anything specific. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I remember going to the uh, into into the marble halls in Highbury, um, which had a bit more stages. It had like a bust of uh, Herbert Chapman, I think. Uh, and I met David Seaman when I was a little kid, and he, he, put his, he put his hand on my face. I remember that. Uh, just to show how big his hands were. What, just to stop you breathing? Just <laughs> <laughs> stop me talking. I, I was a very annoying child. I remember, I remember David Seaman putting his hand on my face to show how big his hand was to me, uh, which, which is in retrospect quite a strange thing to do, but uh, it, he had big hands. Um, congratulations to him. <laughs> were you on your... You, you, were you... <laughs> there was a company by my father, yeah, there was. <laughs> my father, he did not abandon me. Uh, yes. Um, right. Have you met any of the current squad? Uh, I, I can't say that I have. Are you bothered about all that? I, um, n- no, no, to be honest. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's actually a really real strange one because like, you assume that someone as obsessed as I am would have watched the Amazon All or Nothing thing, but I actually don't, I don't like those things, especially right. with Arsenal. I kind of don't want to be too close to the players. Like, I don't want to follow them on Instagram. I don't want to know what they're like. I, I, I don't know why. Um, Do you know who I've met? Go on. Hector Bellerin. Ah, very fashionable chap. I was backstage at a gig and Romish came back with Hector Bellerin. Ah. Hi, Romish. Hello. Oh, it's Hector Bellerin. And what was he like? Was he chat? Was it was a chap? Don't know. Wasn't listening. Just looking at him. <laughs> it's amazing how young they look when you're. Well, they're, they're, they're children, aren't they? They're young men. Yeah, they're young children. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to actually with your last guest. I went to what? I went to Brentford away um, because uh, Lloyd um, during the royal wedding, a lot of the main national anthem singers were busy, so Lloyd got the gig of singing the national anthem before Brentford the Arsenal. Um, and, Amazing, and he <laughs> he came up. We were ten minutes into the game, obviously, uh, and he was like, "Oh, I was like, well done. It went, went great." And he was like, "Oh, yeah." Ben White came up to me, and he said, uh, "Oh, that was great, Lloyd. Well done." And I and I was quite jealous of that that Ben White had like. Um, and then during the match, um, lo- like Lloyd sort of waved at um, you know who he thought was Ben White. It was Rob Holding. It wasn't actually. <laughs> He had misidentified which he waved him. white centre back uh, had complimented his singing, um, but yeah, uh, I, I have no relationship with any of the players. I don't really want to know them as people. I just love no. them their work. You know, he can give a shit. I he think that's probably a a, quite a peculiar take. I reckon a lot of people would love to be, you know, in the in the know and around players. So that's quite refreshing. But I, I mean, I, I am. I, I do class myself as somewhat in the know. Because uh, I've had four knee surgeries, and my um, physio is Gary Lewin, former Arsenal physio. You keep coming out with some incredible. <laughs> this is mental. Well, this is un- un- details. <laughs> I'm Jim Rosenthal's son. Okay, I, I mean, I do have I have football connections. Uh, so whenever there's like a potential injury issue, I can just email my physio, and he'll tell me what's going you, on. Well, hang on a minute, you've had. Have you had football? In, they football. Yeah, injuries? yeah, yeah. I've, I've had I've had four knee surgeries, three ACL sort of destructions, basically. 
I used to be a good footballer before all of those, as everyone is. Can I have a guess where you play? Please, please do. Cam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I right? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey! Please. If, if it was slightly higher standard, I'd play like as a kind of non-mobile winger. You know, when I played like the best level, I was like a right midfielder, but not really like a. But yes, so if it, I, I was fair attacking midfield. Your I love opinion. These players. Your opinion, Tom. Who's the best? Who's the best? Who's the best? Cam? Who's the best? Footballing comedian, in your opinion? Oh goodness gracious me! I spoke to Joe about it. He said, oh, I can't remember his name now. The Welsh guy, Steve Williams, is it? I, I've never played with Steve Williams. I'm afraid. Apparently, apparently, um, Russell Howard's quite good. Yeah, um, Tim Key. Yeah, I mean Tim Tim Key can play, but he's obviously just like he's more of like a five aside player than eleven aside. He's not going to cover the ground. Um. <laughs> No uh, fielding. I definitely. I've never played with him. Um, uh, Jack Whitehall, I think was was quite good. Um, but I definitely. I, would, I think I would have been able to make a claim to be the best football comedian before my three knee injuries. Um, Are you that good? Yeah, I played for an academy, but the academy was Oxford United, who, who my dad did have connections with. So there was definitely some nepotism. We're dealing with someone who's uh, got a little bit of magic in his boots. Do you play? I know I used to, but I was never, never good enough. Mm. Yeah, well, my dad used to make me go in the garden and do kick-ups and stuff, and not like in a bad way, but like if, if you know, Arsene Wenger says the technique of a player is formed under the age of seven, uh, and so my dad used to make me go out and like kick a ball against a wall and do it with both feet, and so I, I became Shit. technically quite proficient. Um, so, did you think at any point that you might? make it when i was like nine everyone at my school assumed that i was going to go and play in the premier league yes because I, I mean i was like insanely good about 12 but then obviously i don't really have the body of an athlete <laughs> so like it, there becomes a physical aspect to it but like technically because my dad had drilled me yeah i was i was really good as like a as a what's young it person. like being insanely good when you're at school it's a fantastic what's, feeling i was like I, I, I really, it's a blessing. I think if you do have a child, you know, just make them do kick-ups. Apparently Ian Wright used to make Sean Wright Phillips do like 100 kick-ups before he was loud in the house. I mean, which is fine because I think Sean Wright Phillips is his nephew rather than his son. So it's not quite as like brutal as it sounds. But yeah. that kind of thing, I think it just... Right. It, it You've got to help me here. You've yeah. got to help me. So I've got, I've got a, like an older child, but I've got a... Lost cause. An, Eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Yeah, six-year-old's got a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, my eldest child was really good at cricket, and I was a little bit too. Come on, let's come on, hey. And he played for Sussex. He was really good, but he got sick of cricket he at the age interest. of thirteen. This yeah. happens. This happens. So with my my two youngest, they're really into football, but I've backed right off to the point where I'm going. Am I backing off too much? Interesting. What do I need to do as a parent? Well, so I actually weirdly designed a course for the FA based on this exact thing. Um, I can't <laughs> believe this episode. That was my, that was my work experience. What this yeah, is meant to One of my dad's best friends is a guy called Robin Russell, Robin Russell who worked with Howard Wilkinson um, to set up the FA um, School of Excellence. Um, and essentially, what you need to do with kids is not encourage them to be about winning and losing. It always needs to be about developing your skills. 
so that's why the like the kick-ups thing is good or the like um learning to do something they couldn't previously do whether that's a trick or whether that's like an amount of passes or amount of kicks because as soon as you start making it about like having to win and it essentially changes it and then and then a parent or a coach will put pressure on the child to perform and like it's like anything really like if you if you're invested in getting better at something without caring about the results um you'll enjoy it more and the results will come but it's just about shifting the perspective and so the matches are actually the least important thing for developing kids and the pressure that parents or coaches put on a result is just the complete opposite of what you're supposed to do mm -hmm. because yeah essentially just try and encourage them to like play and enjoy themselves and do like have you ever seen that thing of Berbatov like doing his first touch stuff on the wall when he's just basically trying to Phil Foden put him on Instagram very similar it's just him kicking what when he was a kid or now no now 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 it's oh. like him kicking a ball against a wall and kind of keeping it up and like just juggling it and like all this sort of fun circus stuff as well as obviously just doing like physical stuff like you know you're trying to um, beat your 100 meter time 200 meter time 800 meter time and anything like light stuff in the gym like trying to do more press-ups or more pull-ups or whatever basically just becoming stronger becoming more skilled and like not applying that to results at all then a kid will not get bored but it's like the, the reason your kid who was really good at sussex probably didn't like it is because when they lost they felt like shit or like they, you, Do you know, know what i remember there was this one guy we played middlesex mike atherton's son was playing and uh he was there actually watching and sussex lost it was on a sunday night and the coach kept the boys they were under 13s kept them in the middle for an hour just gave them a dressing down that, that, that is they're 13 but that is that is literally exactly what I'm talking about. And, and now your kid's like, well, I don't want to be told off. Well, I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't try to lose, did I? Yes. So basically, I, I, don't, I don't know whether that is useful, but um, just try and... But it's all right to get them out there kicking the ball around. And uh, even then, I'm like, I don't want to put too much on Yeah, you. no, but they'll play with it themselves. You, you see, like, you know, these kids who are really good, generally they have an older brother or something, and they'll go yeah. down to the local cage and they'll just, like, play matches with people who are, like, 10 years older than them. And then they'll not realise that, oh, actually, when, when you grow up, you're going to be so good because you've been playing with all these bigger boys. And then that's generally what happens. Like, a lot of these superstars just had older brothers, essentially, who made it hard for them. I, another tip that I've got kind of obsessed with is you try and make them play barefoot as much as possible. Um, because really, yeah, like um, a it's it's for like injury prevention. Basically, uh, the more you're in shoes, the less that your feet kind of work uh, how they're naturally supposed to, and so you're going to put more like pressure on your knees and hips and stuff if they don't have proper formed arches. You know, a lot of people have got flat feet because we just basically wore, wore shoes too early. But it also means that your your proprioception and your ability with the ball is like far increased. Um, so I would just recommend getting kids to do that because a lot of like the Brazilian street footballers and a lot of these people who just like like Ronaldinho who had this like freakish knack with the ball. It was just all like, could he play barefoot? Not all could he play barefoot, but he did play barefoot. And he would like choose to play there for even in like matches and stuff. Did, did I already so, see the I, I, the Crystal Palace sort of academy documentary that came out on the BBC? And there was like a big emphasis on like how pushy parents can be and how that led to like kids not getting scholarships and stuff like that. There was a big emphasis on parents needing to take a step back, especially when they're in academies and understanding that the coaches know what's best for them. And there was these parents that were paying thousands and thousands of pounds a week to get extra to like football tuition outside of, of football and put placing a lot of pressure on the kids by going like you're you're the one who's going to get me my car get me my house you've got all these things like remember why you're doing what you're doing it's like there's some really weird and strange pushy parents out there 
Well, you actually heard that. Yeah, they were they were saying they would say to their kids like, you know, you're going to make it, and you're going to get mummy these nice things and stuff like that. Wow, buzzy out. And apparently, that is quite a common thing. You see it a lot in football where parents place as soon as their kid gets into an academy, they think, right, well, they've made it, and I'm going to have all of this stuff in the future, and that adds just a a whole other level of pressure. That is true, though, David. If your kid makes it, you can get a nice car. (laughs) I'd love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I wouldn't because I. The times I've been sort of given a nice car on a job or something, I feel like a prat in it. Ah, okay. So... So you want an average car? I want an average car. Tom. Yeah. Um... I know you get asked this a lot. Uh-huh. I don't even know what I'm going to ask. I saw your dad at Crystal Palace when I was about 11. Oh, yeah. And I remember he was commenting, I think it was athletics. Yeah. And I went to Crystal Palace for athletics, and I remember going, it's Jim Rosenthal. I got really excited by seeing your dad. He was just down there. I was seeing, seeing behind the scenes as well. Just, oh, that's what he does when the camera's on. I'm, yeah, just I'm jealous notes. of your dad's of your dad's career that's exactly i want to live the life that he's lived you want to live the life that my dad lived so you want to have me as your son (laughs) no no not that bit definitely not that bit (laughs) not that bit no the the career side is so cool i'm like genuinely jealous yeah no he he has smashed it to be fair he he i mean he started at the oxford mail when he was like 16 and he's just like obsessively worked he's and he He's a proper sports journalist, you know. He's like properly after the stories, and he can. He's a very multifaceted, very skilled, and it's amazing. Like wherever I go, whenever I do any TV stuff, there's always people who've like worked with him who just say he's like a proper like professional, like such a nice guy. And whenever you see like people recognizing him, he's like so gracious and like so. Uh, he's he's just very very thankful for like everything that he is. Uh, received and very you know i'm very proud of him i think he's managed to achieve really. it is it is quite bizarre having i mean everyone just says who is, is is in football and sport just says he's like a legend and like they grew up with it and it's uh it, it, it's an amazing thing to have him as a, as a father um to be honest he's a real nice role model to try and what, uh, i mean what was it like seeing him do his thing and you you were at home well, i presume unless you <laughs> went around on his back yeah, like when i was a kid it, yeah it was just pretty standard uh, it, but it was just like to see him on the TV. Um, he, 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 it would, it would be quite nice, I guess. And he'd always bring me back a football shirt from wherever he went and get to go to school the next Tom, day. Tom, Tom, go on. Did you? Because we're my eldest. When he went through, sort of, thirteen to fifteen, sixteen, he was incredibly embarrassed by what I did. Uh, did uh, you go through that as a teenager? <laughs> In the nicest way possible. I do think there is a quite a distinction between like what my dad did and what you. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, Come like, on. There, there is a level of sort Two of peas in the box. I think to being a sports editor, which isn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily yeah, but... overlap to being a comic actor, where like our entire point is like being idiots. Like that's what we earn uh, money for is being yeah, idiots, shit. essentially. Whereas Jim Rosenthal earns money for kind of being an authority i guess so no i i know I, I you know you didn't get anyone saying oh i saw your dad on tv again yeah i mean there were an initial there were some people at school who thought that that was a form of bullying to be like ha your dad's successful and i'd always be like oh, what 
Oh, you haven't, what? Is that right, bad? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 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 Um, fair dues, fair comment. Yeah, it, I, I, I don't know, man. It was uh, it was a real privilege, and he took me around to some very amazing sporting events and stuff. And uh, But he has, unfortunately, levelled me with his addiction to football, you know. He, he 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 made me watch sport as a young person, and I loved it. And now I can't get it out of my veins. I do think, obviously, I think team sport is one of humanity's greatest inventions. Um, but the the amount that it dictates my emotions, it does bother me sometimes. Like how 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 this thing I have no control over can make me feel happy or sad. It's a bit silly, really. And when I talk to girls about it, they're like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I know, I know." <laughs> Yeah, it's silly. <laughs> Obviously, Sarah, I, some girls do like sport. I don't mean it like that. I meant specifically my girlfriend, who's just like can't quite understand why I care so much. Am I going to have this problem when I when I grow up? Am I going to have the problem where like people don't understand like why I love football so much? No, I think the thing is, is that so many other people suffer from this mental illness <laughs> that is actually a recognised one, and it's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It's just in Not the same place. You just go. Oh, like, you know, if you share any uh, obsession or addiction, uh, just go, oh, I'm a football fan. People understand. Like, oh, that makes sense as to why you travel to Yeovil at 8pm on a Tuesday night to get wet. the furthest you guys have travelled for an away fixture? Brazil. Nice, nice. I went to, I went to watch Exeter City on pre-season tour in Brazil, yeah. Oh, an Exeter, that's incredible. How was that? Who did they play? Were they uh, playing So they played Fluminense's like under 23, so the reason why is because, Fluminense? yeah, so the reason why it was because Exeter City were the first team to ever play Brazil. When was this? Uh, 19, no, oh, I don't know, God knows. Oh uh, yeah, it might be been 19, 1914, I think it was, because it was 2014 was the 100 year anniversary. Sorry, I thought you were saying you went to Brazil versus Exeter. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, you were asking when did Some I sort go? Of time traveller, John Beer. <laughs> I feel like you've taken a while to reveal the fact that you were actually 105. Sorry, sorry. I thought you meant when did they originally play each other? Now, when, what, what about the game that you saw? 2014. It was the same year of the, of the Brazil World Cup. So. It was it was so, so cool. We, played, we had a couple of games. We had Fluminense, we played. Toopy. How many people watched? Not a lot, but I was mascot in one of the games. Yeah, I walked out with Matt Grimes, who is um, Swansea City's captain t- uh, today. Did you did you did, did you see the game that took place at Rio Cricket Ground? No. So that we left. So that was arranged while we were out there, and people had a lot of people had gone home uh, previous prior to that game. But um, I saw the three before the two before. I think we played Fluminense, Toopy. And then we went to watch Fluminense's first team versus Santos. Um, wow. And this is this is the Exeter City that had Ollie Watkins up front. Yes, had Ollie Watkins up front. Had Ollie Watkins, Matt Grimes. Uh, those are really the two probably from that squad that went on to do anything uh, decent football-wise. That is fantastic. Well, I mean, that is an incredible claim to fame. Yeah, it was cool. We haven't spoken about that enough, actually, John. No, that was, well, that was the best holiday ever, and it was only because Exeter City went. What about Zanti? Yeah, that was a bit messy. That was a bit of a. That was a, that, that was. Exeter City's tour to Zanti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you do not want yeah. to go. I yeah, I would not recommend going to Zanti. It was a money pit. I do this a lot, and regular listeners will go, oh, "Bloody hell!" But John's a football commentator. 
เดี๋ยวก่อนยังไม่ได้ซื้อเลยนะครับอาจารย์ For the BBC. For the BBC. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking to the wrong dude here. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are talking to. It. <laughs> it blows my mind that he is. Yeah, I did. I did. Doesn't it you? Doesn't it you? I did my first ever game when I was 16 as a co-commentator for the BBC, and I've done it ever since. Yeah. Congratulations. It's not that. It's not that mind blowing in comparison to flying. What... Yeah. No, that's fine. <laughs> John, yeah. And David's an afterlife. Yeah, that is true. I can't really compete with any of the people in the in the room. Whispering. That's that's the thing that I always find with this podcast. Most of the time, I can't even like I can't come close to anything most people have achieved. What I think commentary is incredible. It's incredible uh, skill. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it's not quite afterlife, is it? Do you know Clyde Tilsley? Tom. Me? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I sort, of, I sort of do, yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. I've got him in my oh, phone, no. I think. Oh, no. Mainly because he was like a family friend. Do you know Peter Drury? Peter Drury, what? I do know. Peter Drury you on the pod. You bring so much to I want pod, Peter Drury on the pod <laughs> so badly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, the amount that my dad loves Peter Drury is beautiful. It is so nice. Like so, some, you know, when Peter Drury is doing his like sum ups after the fight final whistle, yeah. right? My dad. They're scripted. Will, like, they're scripted, aren't they? Are they scripted? Well, of course, of course, he scripts them to an extent, but he has to script them live because it, it, they change yeah. depending on what happens, right? But like, <clears throat> so we'll be like having dinner as a family, and the game will end, and my dad will like shush everyone like a kind of like some sort of classical music like impresario. You know, like, Peter's about to do his poem, and then he'll just be like on tenderhooks, like moved to tears by how beautiful Peter Drury's eloquence is. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the guy is like so many leagues above. He does like he's almost doing a different thing. And it's it's who was that guy who used to do the um, classical football results, uh, the, the classified football results? Um, do you remember him on the radio? Had a very yeah. Don't know his name. Similar kind of like uh, almost like old-fashioned way of communicating. I just think, I think Peter Drury's kind of like developed his own thing almost. I love him. I'm absolutely obsessed with everything he does. It, what would you? What was the first question you said? Uh, ask him. How does how does he speak such fantastic, eloquent English and like be able to put everything together in such a way that is uh, is unbelievable? Some of the stuff he says, you know, the best one is that one before the World Cup final with Messi and Mbappe and sort of talking about it being Messi's last chance. It's just the best piece ever. I love it. What? I don't know that. Uh, put it on if you get a chance. It's sort of Peter, Peter Drury. <coughs> Uh, before before the World Cup final, the, the latest one. It's unbelievable. It's so so yeah. good. Here we go. Here we go. John Lionel Messi has conquered his final peak. Lionel Messi is shaking hands with paradise. The little boy from Rosario Santa Fe is just pitched up in heaven. But that was after the game. There's one. There's a there's a transcript ah, before. Right. Fair enough. But it's it sort of talks about how Mbappe and Messi are sort of coming together in this sort of classic. Well, it was it was unbelievable. Honestly, I went I, w- I watched it live, and I remember thinking, "Oh my god!" Like this guy's a joke. He's unbelievable. His job. What makes Peter Drury special? In a sea of commentators, Peter Drury has carved out a niche that is uniquely his own. There you go. Lovely stuff. Google now. I need to be more like Peter Drury. Well, actually, I need to be yeah, more like myself. We all do, but more like Peter Drury. Yeah. It's it's. I I would say yeah. It's uh, yeah. 
What, what do you think makes you sort of unique as a commentator? Because that's, uh, that's, I guess, all you're kind of going for, isn't it, really? Like, something Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I don't know what makes me unique. I, I guess my age is a big selling point for a lot of people. Like, how, the fact that... That I'm will not... change. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and, and the fact that if I can do what I'm doing now, then how good can I be in 10, 20, 30 years? Lovely. I Are there any other what... commentators that you sort of look up to and trying to emulate? Clive, T- I love Clive Tills these notes. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen his note sheets. Yeah, they're I have. Yeah, un- yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. They're like the, they're yeah. the coolest thing ever. But I, I'm not, I'm not very got, really got the best handwriting, so I can't do anything by by hand. Do you do a similar sort of prep though? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I t- it t- if I do an Exeter City game, it'll take me like six to seven hours, like to sit down and get everything ready for the game. Mm. And I think that's a pretty standard amount of time. But I love it. It's not like it doesn't feel like for the f- most things in life feel like a chore to me, but that doesn't. Yeah. Like it could be the commentator that goes out on the lash like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the commentator just doesn't talk about the game. You know no, I mean? they're the worst, yeah. aren't they? When when you hear a commentator and you think, Oh shut up, just talk about the go back to the game, they're talking yeah, about what you mean you mean cricket commentators. Oh. I don't watch yeah, cricket. That's what they do. Oh, there's a pigeon over there. Yeah. But when you're commentating on something as boring as cricket, you've got to uh, you've got to find something. Harsh. Okay. Harsh. Okay. <laughs> Tom, let's do the quiz. Oh, I'm excited for this. Oh. I'm really excited for this. Oh. <laughs> 166 questions. All lined up. So you got to get on the mind you football club uh, leaderboard. Lloyd Griffiths at the top with fifteen questions correct. I've got to fight. I've got to fight the temptation just to Google the answers as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I will, we'll see your fingers twiddling. Yeah. If I'm lose, if I'm losing to Lloyd, I will cheat. Keep your hands where I can see him. Lloyd was a little bit gutted. He got fifteen. Yeah, he thought he should have got more. Sixteen. I mean, come on. What? I, th- I think these should be gettable. From what I've got them up here, I think you should better get a few. Yeah, they should be made, but I've, I've explained my brain. <laughs> my brain is bad. And... Right. Here we go. Let's oh, dear. Welcome Tom onto the podium. Podium? Hang on, we're doing this at home. <laughs> I'm just pretending. So you go on yeah. the podium when you win, don't you? On the quiz. No, you get Oh, you mean like a sort of lectern sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. okay. Question one. Yeah. In 2011, which three Arsenal legends had statues unveiled at the new Emirates Stadium? Right, 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 right. The thing is, is like that. Uh, there's a few statues up there, but I don't know whether what what, what the first. Obviously, against were. the clock. So that's... is it against the clock? What do you mean against the clock? What does that mean? So my points are ticking down. <laughs> Mate, um, t- take your time, Tom. Don't let David pressure you. Because there's a Veng one that I think has just been done. My initial thought was. Um, Omri, Bergkamp, and Adams, but uh, I, I, uh, uh, are they legends? Is there like an old legend that they've gone for? <laughs> this is a stadium that I go to every. Everywhere. I love but this. You, you just don't. Go to be fair, past... though, you must have quite a few statues. Well, they, 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 they've added a few more recently. Um, yeah. Which is again, this is sort of another. In two thousand eleven, which three 
Arsenal legends at stand 2011. So I presume that these three would have all been put up together. Not not as in oh, not as in the statues at twelve years, but ago. say at the same time. Ah, uh, I think I might be wrong. I think I think the Omri one might be later, but I'll just go with those three because I've we've got a lot of questions to get through. So Omri, what are they? Omri, Burkamp, and Adams. The answer is John. The answer was Thierry Omri, Tony Adams, and Herbert Chapman. Aye, aye. Okay. Keep Herbert score, John. He was famously in the marble halls. We're talking about zero out of one. Crack on zero. <laughs> <laughs> Crack up. Question two. What club did Mesut Ozil play for before joining Arsenal in 2013? Real Madrid. Correct. One point. Ah, I actually went down to the Emirates to celebrate the transfer. Oh, that's lovely. I was that excited about it. Yeah. That is cool. Oh, I had a great Question day. three. The first game at the new Emirates Stadium Stadium was which special match and which team did Arsenal play? I want to say it was like a Dennis Burkamp game against Ajax, but don't know. That is correct. correct. (laughs) Two points. He's off the mark now. He's off the mark. Here we go. Can't stop him now. Question four. In 1993, Arsenal became the first team to win the FA Cup and League Cup in the same season. Which team did they beat in both finals by the same 2-1 scoreline? Oh, I've got no idea about that. 1993, I was five. I was, I was watching Oxford against Cambridge. <laughs> you were. Gary Smart. Uh, I, I have literally no idea. Uh, I, watched it. I watched that game live, actually. Who were they playing? <laughs> That's when... Um, <laughs> It, Isn't it when Tony Adams or Keown threw him over his shoulder and broke his... Uh, Steve Bold. He broke him. Yeah, he yeah. broke his like, collarbone or something. Put Liverpool. That is incorrect. The answer is Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday. What? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't have. But I didn't get that. Two out of four. Question, Two out of four. Question five. Which veteran defender signed for Arsenal for a second time in 2010? Hmm. See, I thought this was really one of the ones you'd have got right away. Which veteran Arsenal defender signed for a second time in 2010? Hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. (laughs) Veteran (laughs) defender. Veteran defender signed for the second time. Okay, I'm, I am going to need some time. Can you edit this time out of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's not, I'm not going to Google because I, I do like this question. Um, yeah, thank you. I don't even know what I would Google if I was trying to Google it though. So, so veteran defender signed for the second time. Why are we buying anyone back? Like Wenger didn't didn't like buying people back generally, which famously we paid a big price for with, with the Cesc Fabregas debacle. So where's this defender gone and then come back? Like, who is this guy? Veteran <laughs> defender. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you out, Tom. He's he's Tom? very very well known as a uh, as an Arsenal centre back. Help, helping out. Mm, Lloyd yeah. will be very well known as an Arsenal defender. Yeah. This is insane. But he's a very well known Premier League defender. Full stop. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my brain. My brain isn't giving me an answer. I, I kind of, I kind of want to say Gallas, but I, I, I just don't think that is right. 
I wouldn't necessarily class him as a very well-known defender because so my memory is we just bought that guy off Chelsea and then got rid of him. I just, this is this is actually sort of really boggling me. So an Arsenal legendary defender, you're looking at Keown, Adams, Bold. Yeah. <clears throat> and then and that, that sort of kind of running out of like well-known Arsenal defenders in terms of being up there as Premier League legends. Well, I, I don't know, David, would you say this individual is a Premier League legend? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I would. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. Big name. I mean, so obviously Sol Campbell's on the list as well, but I can't, I just can't remember why, why would he have left and then come back? Oh, you see, I told you, man. I've got no memory. I have no memory. I don't really want to get this one wrong. But you've got a competitive spirit. It's lovely. Um, I don't really want to get this one wrong. But I, I, the answer just isn't really there. Can you ask the question again? <laughs> I think there's more time here. <laughs> In- in uh, sorry, which veteran defender signed for Arsenal for a second time in 2010? Right. So where have they gone? Where have they gone? He's a veteran defender. Why have we sold them and bought them back? That's my question. It's a veteran defender. That's so he's old. But I don't think it's Steve Bold, right? I don't. I don't. I don't think it's Martin Keogh. Like, when did he go? Sol Campbell. This is this is uh, this is the year after that game I was talking about when Ronaldo rinsed us. So we had like Sylvester, right? right. Um, Sylvester, right? Gallas. We had. Is it Gallas? Is that your final question? The answer. <laughs> I don't know. Answer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I guess Gallas. I can't be bothered. Is it Gallas? Mm, Sol Campbell. Campbell. Sol Campbell. So, what happened? It's a great question. What do you mean we re-signed him? Didn't he go to Spurs, or did he start? No, he started at Spurs? Spurs. Came to you. Uh, he, there was. I'm pretty sure there was a team in between. I can. I can find out, David. If you ask the next. Yeah, absolutely. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. <laughs> Hang on a sec. I need this. Hang on one. So he went Tottenham, Arsenal, Portsmouth, Notts County, Arsenal. What? Did he? No, uh, yeah. Tottenham, Arsenal, Portsmouth, Notts County, Arsenal. Then ended his career at Newcastle in 2011. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, never mind. Okay. Question six. Which player won 92 caps for France and with a four-season spell at Arsenal won two Premier League titles and two FA Cups? Mm. That's a horrible question. There's a few great Great French midfielders at Arsenal. Hmm. Four years. It, it, it is ninety-two it, caps. Wow. I feel like Vieira played for us for longer, but I'm sort of leaning towards Pires here. Nasri. No, it's not Nasri. Nasri played for the shit. He played for, played for shit Arsenal. It's not Nasri. Was it two league titles? <laughs> two league titles yeah, and two Nasri, FA Cups. It's not Nasri. I guess Perez, whatever. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Sylvan Wiltord. Oh, of course it is. 
Which Arsenal player was given the nickname Baby Kanu? Baby Kanu? Hmm. Baby Kanu? Don't know. Uh, I'll have a guess, of course. <laughs> Baby Kanu? Gonna have to just guess. It feels like it's slightly... I mean, I have to pick someone black. Um, uh, uh, but he's not particularly smaller than Kanu, but I guess Kanu is massive. Yeah. Adebayor? That's correct. Yeah. Oh, Emmanuel oh, Adebayor oh. is correct. All right. Are you keeping score, Tom? Yeah, three he's got yeah. so far. <clears throat> okay. What team did Arsene Wenger manage before coming into Arsenal? Monaco. No, it's uh, Grandpa's eight. Yeah, I'll give you that. Change of change of answer. There's yeah, four. Thank you. Four. Four. Oh, oh, so now, now you got well, technically got half. I think you saw John's eyes go. No, but the, the thing is, so yeah, I mean, it's te technically, the logic of the answer is still correct because he, he did manage them before managing Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think it means directly before. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you got it. Four. Four out of eight. Question nine: Who holds the record for Arsenal's appearances? This is. This is. Ian Wright. Is that wrong? Is that your final answer? Well, no, not because not of your face <laughs> when I said it. Um, I'd be a shit uh, quiz host. <laughs> uh, most Arsenal appearances. The, the highest amount of Arsenal appearances. Mm -hmm. I'll, you, I'll give you the number. 722 first team matches. Do you want me to give you the years as well? Or, uh, Bloody yeah, actually, hell. Yeah, Should we give him the bloody give answer? The years. Give me the name. This is leaderboard Okay, stuff, all right, so. fine. 722. I'm not top of the leaderboard. <laughs> yes, you are not. <laughs> Jesus. Arsenal performances. Appearances, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I actually have no idea. Is it like, a, it's like recent history, yeah? It's worth, it's worth me guessing. Is it not recent history? I mean... <laughs> is it some random guy I don't even know? Stony face, John, please. <laughs> Sorry, I just feel bad. Stony face? Is that his name? Stony face. <laughs> I can't, I can't even, I can't think of anyone that it could be, to be honest. Um, who's had the most performances when I've been watching Arsenal? Let's at least try and guess that. No, I, I just, I can't guess. Oh, um, 722 times. I don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> Is that, are you forfeiting your question there? Uh, the most okay. I might. I might as well guess someone. I just don't want to guess someone who's played like twenty times. Oh, no, like sorry, Sammy my maths. Nelson. My maths was wrong. He played for twenty-one uh, seasons. Say someone. Bob Wilson. That is incorrect. The answer was David O'Leary between nineteen seventy-five oh. and nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, fine. Unfortunately, oh. uh, sorry. That's a t that was a tough question. <clears throat> question ten: Which two Arsenal players won World Cup winners' medals in nineteen ninety-eight? Uh, that would be Vieira and Petit, surely. Correct. Five yeah. points. Question 11. What was... What first is Arsenal's 1927 match at Highbury against Sheffield United known for? Oh, wow. Okay. What first? Yeah, what, what, what was the first thing that happened at this game that it is known for? First game was substitutes. Is that your guess? Final well, answer? No, no, obviously not. Because again, you've given me a second chance there. I haven't. Oh, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, because 
I've judged from your facial response that... Right, from okay. now on, whatever you say, I'm locking in. So this is your last chance. Yeah, you got to lock in. Yeah, I'm locking in. you got to lock in. Look at Taron. He locks in. Yeah. Hmm. What is it known for? Yeah. Not the first game of Substitute, obviously. No. So it would be... I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> was it the first time, like, offside was given or something? Well, I'm going to lock that in as incorrect. It was the first time a football match was broadcast live on the radio. Oh. So, still five. Nice. Question 12. Still five. Which player has won the most England caps while playing for the club? So, whilst being an Arsenal player, they have played the most England matches. Hmm. Feels like Seaman must be quite a good shout for this. Um, I'm locking that in. That is incorrect. Kenny Samson. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Ooh. Question 13. Three to go. Which Arsenal player scored the final league goal at Highbury? Mm. Uh, I want to. I, I think it was a Thierry, Thierry Henry penalty against Wigan. Correct. Six yes. points on the board. Now, question 14. This is a, this is a good one because there's an Exit City link here. In September 1997, Ian Wright broke which player's Arsenal goal-scoring record? Oh, no. There was a lot of talk about him. I do remember this. But that name is just uh, not there. It's just not there. Uh, yeah. I remember being very young and everyone talking about this guy because Ian Wright was going to break his record. But I, that name is just not in my head. But I'll think for a minute. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just say how you many... You do answer to stuff. I'll, I'll just say how many goals he scored and in how many appearances because that's not really going to affect the question. So for Arsenal, he played 350 times, scoring 150 goals. He was, um, he was at Exeter City before Arsenal. He was an Exeter City player. Um, born in Exeter, this individual started his career at Exeter City, making his debut at the club in 1928 at the age Bloody of hell, 16. I got it, John. I got it. Oh! Well done, mate. <laughs> Despite only playing 17 games and scoring six goals in his time at Exeter, he was spotted by Arsenal manager Herbert Chapman in a match against Watford. Chapman was at the game to keep tabs on Watford on a Watford player, but the 17-year-old super player. Ability became so evident to him, and he decided to sign him at the end of the 1928-29 season. So, I, so uh, what? My brain right now. I, I'll just tell you the things that the, none of these are guesses, right? Yeah. But these are the words that are coming up to, into my head. Okay. Right. I'm getting dicks. Right. <laughs> I'm getting like Rioc. I'm getting Uriah Rennie. Right. That, the, Uriah Rennie. These are just names that I'm trying to go back into my head for like <laughs> '90s football references, and this is all this like yeah, like Julian Dix, <laughs> like but it's it's something like Ul Ulrich Ulrich Dixon or like Dixie Dean or something like this, <laughs> but like it's definitely not Uriah Rennie. Yeah, no, I mean I, none of those things. <laughs> Wait, what happened to being stone faced here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to get this, sadly. 
I remember when he did it, I was I was at the game and he pulled his little shirt up and he had the, it was like 188 or something on his shirt. As I told you before at the start of this podcast, my memory does not really function. <laughs> would you Would you like me to reveal the answer, Tom? Or would you like another? Yeah, no, I, I'm not going to get this. So the answer is Cliff Bastin. Ah. Formerly of Exeter City. Congratulations. Question 15, penultimate question. What was the original name of the club when formed by Woolwich Munitions Workers in 1886? Is it not Woolwich Arsenal? Was that wrong? Hang on a minute. Lock in, John. I'm locking that in, but it's not. I don't know. It says Dial Square is the answer. Ah, to question yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard that as well. That's the, that new, like, breakaway. They've done a you know, sort of an equivalent of uh, Salford or whatever. Uh, There's like a new Arsenal that's called something like Dial Square or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So what's that like? Four. Question. Oh, question. No, you're on six. You're on six. Oh, here we go. Six. Okay, final was... question. Uh, final question. Which former player became Arsenal manager at the age of 34 when he succeeded Bertie Mee? Which former player became Arsenal manager at the age of 34 when he succeeded Bertie Mee? Well, I mean, so I, I don't think it... Bertie Mee, you, it's like in my head, I'm, either, I'm, I'm stuck between George Graham and um, Herbert Chapman, which I don't, I don't think either of them are correct. Yeah, I don't know the answer to this, to be honest, because, again, this is before I was alive <laughs> and I haven't really gone back through the history annals. I'll just say George Graham. Incorrect. The answer was Terry Neal. Uh, you finished the quiz on six points. Six points for Tom Rosenthal and Arsenal. And I'm just about to put you on the leaderboard. You are second on the leaderboard. Which you are. Not bad, actually. Not bad. On the podium. Silver on the podium, currently. There was also no one was in bronze. It, was it six points? Yep, six points out of 16. Mm. That can't be sniffed at. No. Some points. More than none. There we go. Exactly. Hang on a minute. There we go. Glass half full. The, leader, the leaderboard's looking lovely. Very nice too. Lloyd stands proudly on top with 15 points. Mm. I'd be surprised if anyone knocks Lloyd off his uh, pedestal there. That was an impressive run. Yeah. Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much bloody, for having me. Thank you. Bloody loved it. So many revelations. It's really nice to have a conversation, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely, Great. isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's sort of healthy. Mm. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. <laughs> Please come on again. I would love to. I'll, and I'll do my uh, revision about yes. uh, the club that I suppose, <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to support. Oh, I've got, we've got another 20 questions here if you, uh, if you want to do some revision. Oh, yeah, I'll come back, back to you. Yeah. you. just email me them beforehand. Yeah, yeah no worries. <laughs> yeah. We could do... Maybe you can come on and show some skills with a, with a football. What we should do yeah, is a quiz exactly. where you Not have results. the answers, but you have yeah. to tell us the question. Ah, That's nice. That's nice. I'd, I'd be happy to do that. That's a lovely... That's lovely. Well, uh, all the best. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a nice... Have a nice day. Indeed, <laughs> 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 See you, Tom. Bye.